This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. I am J.A. Lovelock, a barrister and an author, but most importantly, a crime junkie. Welcome to my podcast, Behind the Yellow Tape. Joining me on this episode is the author G.B. Gail Williams. Gail, you will know from previous episodes, especially as she was my guest on the Christmas Book Review show. And she's here again to tell us about the book she has been reading and what would make a great read for the summer holidays. Hello, Gail, and welcome back to Behind the Yellow Tape. Hi, Joanna. It's lovely to be back. Where shall we start? Right. Okay. so I've picked some really good summer reads. Most of them are quite lightweight because, you know, going on holiday, you don't want anything too dark. But I've got a nice range here of comedy, new stuff, old stuff. Mm hmm. So, shall we start with uh, The Heist? Let's start with The Heist. All right, okay. Janet Ivanovich is actually one of my favourite authors. She's very easy to read. She's always quite lightweight. But this is the first of a particular series of hers that she's written with Lee Goldberg. Um, and it's basically, it's a con man and an FBI agent who uh, get together after loads of daring heists. But... I don't want to give too much away, mm, but it's mm. uh, they, they start having to work together under the FBI rules, but outside of the FBI, if you see what I mean. Mm -hmm. And it's so funny. Nick uh, Fox is just happy to pull off any sting, and he does so amazingly. It's just a brilliant uh, guy. And Kate O'Hara is happy to drive a bus into his car and arrest oh. him. So that's how it starts. Oh, right. Um, and then she basically sets out to catch him, but it's all a test and – she does get hold of him at the end, but then she's rather stuck with um, with having to work with Nick Frost in the future. And there's lots of actions. There's some great locations. Um, there are a few times there's a bit of info dumping, but mostly it's really good because it's required in briefings. Mm. It all makes sense. It's fast-paced, action-packed. It's a real page turn. It's one of those ones you can just sit on the beach, relax, and just enjoy as you go through it. And it's the first of a series as well. So if you get into this yeah. one, there's plenty more to read after it. I love the sound of that one. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Let's go to your next choice. Well, the next one is called Dexter and Sinister Detecting Agents. This is definitely a, a bit on the different side. Mm -hmm. This is, um, it is still crime. They are still detecting agents. But it's also steampunk. And um, while it starts off with John Sinister not having a terribly good week, he then bumps into Dexter, who's a cat. Oh. A talking mechanical cat, in fact. Oh. Um, so therefore, as I say, it's a little different. It's a little bit more fun and lightweight. But um, John Sinister is um, a scholarship boy who has one rich friend, but that rich friend uh, calls him in for trouble, and that troubled basically um, the death of his family. So it's investigating the death and what's happening at the family business and all the stuff that's going on around that. 
And there's just some wonderful inventions. There's wonderful sarcasm. You can imagine it's a cat. Mm -hmm. So there's some good sarcastic (laughs) conversations going on in here. Um, You've got some strange going-ons at coffee and chocolate clubs. And some just wonderfully brought-to-life characters. Now, Keith W. Dickinson um, publishes this. There's two in the series so far. And I have read both, and I've loved both, because he's just got a wicked sense of humour. And, again, it's one of those you can just sit down and read, and it takes you totally out of the moment. It doesn't matter if you're on the beach or sitting on a tube train in the middle of a London rush out. (laughs) It's just lovely to read and get away from things. Yeah, it works wherever you are. Yes, exactly, yeah. Oh, lovely, lovely. Okay, and the next one? Well, the next one is, uh, we're going back in history just attached here, for The Heretics of Diath. Um, this is written by Howard of Warwick, not real name, obviously. But um, all of this, this is the first of the um, Hermitage and Watt series. And it's a medieval mystery. So it starts in 1066. Oh, I like that. Uh, yeah, uh, we've just had William the Conqueror come in and change the entire world for the the, the whole of the nation. Um, and um, Brother Her- Hermitage, who is totally innocent. I think he's only supposed to be something like 18 or 19 in this. Oh, right. Totally innocent in every way. Um, he's just gets lined up for execution. He's basically oh. framed and oh. he has to, to, to work his way out. He then bumps into Watt, who is a weaver of um, some interesting tapestries, let us say. Uh, I won't go further than that because you know what's happening, but it's never actually mentioned. Um, And between the two of them, worldly wise Watt, who is himself probably only 1920, um, they have to figure out what's going on and actually save um, Hermitage from being murdered. And it's, as I say, it's just the first one. In a series, I think there's about twelve or thirteen in total of these, but they're all they're all obviously set one after the other, and they are very funny. Yeah, they're it, it's a sort of a comedy of manners and like a comedy of just an innocent in a non-innocent world. So it is again, it's just a lovely fun read, something different and uh, something new. Do we know what he's accused of? He's accused of murder. Yeah. Okay. Right. Um, so, of course, in those times, the, the penalty for murder would have been um, death itself. Oh, it yeah, absolutely. Yes. Okay. Right. And he's trying to work his way out of this, is he? Yeah. 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 And you'll know if he does, if you read a book, I guess. <laughs> well, there were 12 of them, so I think he yes. definitely does. <laughs> um, yeah. Right. Where next? Where should we go next? Oh, yeah. Gosh, yes. What's the next one? Oh, this one brings us back up to date. The Stranger Times by C.K. McDonald. That's right. That's 2021. Yeah. 2021. Yes. Um, I I don't even know how I came across this one, but it was one of those ones that I just, I read the blurb and thought, oh, that's just weird. Um, and I have to be honest, this is more crime adjacent than crime. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, as you'll know from some of my other picks this time and last time, I have a real big interest in fantasy fiction as well as crime mm-hmm. fiction. Yes, and this yes, is yeah. one that straddles the two. Um, basically, The Stranger Times is a weekly newspaper dedicated to the weird and the wonderful, but mostly to the weird. Um, and it has a very strange collection of employees, um, but they do a lot of investigation. If you think something like um, 
I think it's called The Inquirer. Uh, and it's just all those silly stories about UFO landings and ghosts and vampires and stuff that mainstream wouldn't touch because the mainstream don't believe it. And uh, they're looking for a new editor, which is where Hannah Willis comes in. So it's her, basically, it's her it's a job interview and her first start in, on here. Um, but what they actually find which, uh, is that actually some of the stuff that they're investigating is real. Ah. And they, they just go on, they, they're trying to figure out what it is in this press that's, that's um, there is something actually within the building that oh. is supernatural. Mm. And there is one of their particular number becomes the focus of some unwanted and dangerous um, interest. Mm -hmm. So they investigate that and what it is and they, they, um, have to, to see if there is any way that they can save this individual. And Hannah just goes, gets immersed into this whole world that she's never even knew was there. And it's, again, it's fun, it's interesting, and it's so, so different. I actually have already recommended this to most my, my husband and my daughter, and they both loved it and they both laughed out loud with it oh, as well. Oh, that's lovely. Yeah. Is it set in Manchester? It is set in Manchester, yeah. Yeah, modern-day Manchester. Oh, yeah, that, that's a bit quite interesting to read. Yeah, so it's, yeah. it's very different from anything I've ever read before. Mm. But, um, the, again, this is part of what is currently a trilogy. And I've read book two, and I'm desperate for book three, but it's only out in hardback at the moment, so I'm waiting for the paperback to come out. Now, uh, you say that this is different from anything that you've read before. And I suppose this is the, one of the beautiful things about crime, isn't it? About crime mm. fiction. It can take you anywhere, can't it? Oh, absolutely. I mean, if, if you look at the, the picks that I've got today, mm. I mean, I've got everything from 1066 up to 2022, uh, 2023, in fact. Yeah, that's right. I've got stuff that you'll find in um, the comic section. I've got stuff you'll find in the deep, dark crime. Um, and I've got there's a bit of some gothic horror in there. But that's what I love about crime. It doesn't have to be one thing. That's, that's why right. I'm saying this one's more sort of, crime adjacent because i know yes. some people get get a bit funny if you call things crime that aren't but again this is for summer reads it's for a light-hearted time out so um it if you want something that's just a bit different it's going to take you somewhere i mean i don't know manchester at all but i feel like i do after reading a bit of this well i so, do <laughs> do you do do you yeah i lived in manchester <laughs> oh nice <laughs> so that would be quite an interesting read for me yeah yeah well, I, I have always associated Birmingham with canals, but there's quite a few canals mentioned in this, which I didn't know there were in Manchester because, again, I've never been there. I didn't know there were either. When I lived there, I didn't see any. Oh, but, never? But no, never. But now when I've returned to Manchester, I think, where did they come from? <laughs> Are they new built? Where, you know, where, where, where? I've never seen them before. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it weird when you go back to a place that you yeah. have lived and everything just... It seems Change different. It. That's right. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, lovely. And to our next one. Right. Our next one is called The Birthday Girl by Sarah Ward. This only came out in April this year. Brand new. This is brand new. Brand, brand, brand new. Yeah. Now, I've picked this one because it's set in Wales. And as you know, I live in Wales and I have quite an, an affinity for, for Welsh um, crime writing. Um, this one is quite dark. Um, it is set... In, um, it's set in a holiday area, but as is quite typical for quite a lot of holiday areas in the UK, there's a big old storm coming in. Mm -hmm. um, and the birthday girl um, 
was a murderer. She she killed oh. on her birthday, I think when she was around 11 years old. Mm-hmm. She actually poisoned a lot of guests at her birthday party. Oh, dear. And uh, so the the, um, the papers actually called her the birthday girl. Now she's grown up, she is out of prison, and she has a brand new identity. Um, unfortunately, they, she seems to be one of the people on this small island. It is almost a locked room mystery, this one, mm-hmm. because they're on a small island. There is a huge storm has coming that they can't get off the islands, they can't get help. And we have an ex-police officer who's been stabbed in the leg and the wound hasn't completely healed. So she is she's literally struggling with her leg and with movement. But there are three other potential um, birthday girls on there. She has to figure out which one of them is actually the murder before they all end up dead. Mm. And it's it's quite interesting. There is a... Um, uh, where the, the island is based, there is a, uh, an old nunnery and there is a story of a nun there who may have died or may have been murdered. It's not clear. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the um, guests is very, very interested in this story. So there is a supernatural twist to this, which is something that Sarah does really, really well because it's it's all in the mind of the reader and in the mind of the, the characters. But the birthday girl is is looking to actually exact revenge. Yes. And there's people brought onto the... Well, the more you investigate, the more that you see nobody's really there for the holiday that they should be there for. And it becomes a really intriguing tale of twists and turns. Yes, yes, yes. So. The, the sort of thing you'd want to read when you're on your own holiday. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. in the sun. <laughs> not in a, not a, do not read this one if you're in a storm. <laughs> It will make you paranoid, but it's, I mean, like yeah. everything Sarah writes, it's just brilliantly written and it's, I, I, I it, it is one of those books that I couldn't put down, if you know, I mean, mm-hmm. I really loved it. I think I read this in about three sessions, which is unusual for me because I am very slow at reading. Um, but yeah, it's it's just a really good book. And I, I was quite privileged to get an ARC copy of it from Sarah. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, it's well recommended this one. And when you find a good book, sometimes you don't want to rush it, do you? You want to no. take your time and sit, let it savour and take yeah. it all in. Oh, yeah. And oh, you, yeah. and there are things in here you really have to think about as well, mm. which is like, oh, could it be this? And you, I don't know about other people, but because I'm a writer, so I do like to think, oh, now, if I was doing this and I just seeded mm. that little piece of information, where would I be going to? And is Sarah going or is my writer going the same place? Which I just love doing all of that. So, mm, yeah, it's mm, it's mm. a very good book. And it is one of those books that even when you put it down, yeah. you can't stop thinking about it. It, it does actually mm. stay with you and it resonates yes. for a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, yeah. That, that's the sign of a good book. It is, yes, indeed, yeah. <laughs> okay, where to next? All right, next, let's go to Phil Rickman and The Wine of Angels. Now, this book was actually recommended to me by Louise um, Mumford, who is another writer. Oh, yes. When, yeah. I, when I saw this, I have to be honest, I had this, oh, my God, I'm not going to read that. It's like 600 and some odd pages. And I thought, oh, this is going to take me forever to read. Because as I've just said, I'm a very slow reader. But I didn't. I, I it, it, This one... I mean, I said I couldn't put down Vertigo. This one, I literally could not put down. Mm. It kept me reading from start to finish. So the reason that I picked this one for a summer read is that it's actually set in summer. It's set in uh, Ledwarding, which is supposed to be sort of um, English-Welsh border. 
Um, and if you think Lent wording, uh, for anybody who knows that area, it's very like that, but it's not quite there. Um, a new vicar has come into town and it is a, the way that it's described is just the most picture perfect quintessential English cider town. Oh, I so love anybody that. who knows the area of Herefordshire, it's very, very like that area. Mm, mm. Um, so it's all steeped in history and cider and secrets. But Merrily Watkins, who is the new vicar coming in, she also brings her teenage daughter, Jane. Um, but there is a horrific murder um, that happens right at the start of the book. So, you know, it really hits you with everything from page one kind of thing. But then it goes through this incredible history of the village and the church and the orchards and and there is obviously the supernatural element of green man and that kind of thing but what it comes down to the in the end it it's so subtly done but so when you get to the end and you find out what the final twist is it's like oh my god yeah mm. and then you look back and you just think oh yes that was all seeded so brilliantly yeah but everything yeah. that happens it flows and it's natural and all of the characters are so well-rounded and there's just, there's so much subtlety, but also all of those things that you know, if you live in, uh, not exactly an enclosed community, but a very tight-knit community, which is what a lot of these villages are and were, because if anything happened, you had to rely on one another. There was no getting out of the area, particularly if you're snowed in or anything like that or in storms. So you had to rely on one another. And that can itself, even though you're out in the open and you've got all these wide open spaces around, it feels claustrophobic at times. And there's an awful lot of characters in here who have history, some of which is fully explained and some of which I assume gets explained in later books. But they're all feel real. And they you, you sort of get caught up in what they're doing. And it really is one of those ones that I, I, I would stay up until two, three o'clock in the morning because I had to read the next chapter. I had to know what was going on. So even though it is 600 pages, I read it very, very quickly. And it is well worth the read. It's just, again, beautifully written and characters you believe in and places that you you can see, you know, on the page, the way that they're described. So it's, yeah, it's She's not your usual victor. The accidents aren't accidents. There's homophobia, mysticism, paganism, church inflexibility, money grabbing, sex, murder, evil curses and growing pains even because you've got Jane who's a teenager. <laughs> yes, yeah. It's it's life. It sounds to me it's all, yes. all of life is in there. Definitely, yeah. And it, and I say, I mean, I picked it because it does start in summer. Mm. It has got that resonance in summer and you can almost smell the cider at times. Yes. So, yeah, it's yeah. it's well worth the read, that one. And even though 600 pages sounds a lot, mm. if it's a great book, you don't really notice that, do you? Oh, exactly. Because that, that was my fear before I opened it. It was sat on my shelves for a few months because I was pretty reading other stuff. And I was like, kept looking at it thinking, oh, I've got to read that. I've really got to read that. And it felt like it was going to be a chore. And then it wasn't. And there is nothing more delightful than reading something that you think, oh, this is going to be awful. And then it's just wonderful. And that's what this was for me. Oh, good. Good stuff. Good stuff. Okay. And our next one. Jasper Ford, um, double F-O-R-D-E, um, the big over easy. Now, I'm a big of big devotee of Jasper Ford. I love his work. He does write crime, and this, and but he always has a comic twist to it. So I just, I get his sense of humour. Loved his Thursday Next series. And this one is actually 
the nursery crime division. So mm. all the crimes that happen within it are based on nursery rhymes. Oh. A detective is Detective Inspector Jack Spratt. And oh, yes, he does right. have a wife who eats the fat. <laughs> and his sergeant is oh. Mary Mary. And she oh. really is quite contrary at quite a lot of points. <laughs> But it's already and it's setting Reading of all places. Oh, I know Reading too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I used to know. But basically, it starts off with Jack Spratt is not in the best of positions um, because he's failed to get the three little pigs um, convicted of premeditated murder of Mister Wolf, and so he hasn't doesn't have a great reputation. Mary Mary is very much a um, dynamic, ambitious. Uh, investigator and she's not overly happy with being put down in the nursery crimes division ah. uh, and so um then Humpty Dumpty falls off a wall like he does <laughs> like he does like yeah. he does you know. <laughs> um, yeah uh, and there's an awful lot more in this than you, you'd bargain for there's brutal mm. murders money laundering police corruption biological weapons and a shower scene that has lived with me ever since I read it and I read this a few years ago and oh. um, but it, as you can tell, it's all done with such fun. And, and you, you do need to have that appreciation of the absurd to read this and to understand the um, the dynamics of it all. And just there's a silliness, but also a seriousness in, in it. it. It's just if you like Douglas Adams or Terry Pratchett, you will love this kind of thing. And again, it's very similar in some ways to The Stranger Times. It's all of that kind of nature of um, taking stuff we all know and just twisting it in some mm. new way that, that keeps you amused and keeps you entertained. Yeah. And again, it's just one of those books that you can you can read and it's just relax. It's going to take you out from where you are. And it's, as I say, it would be make a great summer holiday read. And it's not going to offend anyone too. Well, it, actually, there's a couple of places that could offend somebody, but <laughs> you'd, you'd have to be pretty sad to yes, be offended yeah, by all. Yeah. And, and there's the line, it looks like he died from injuries sustained during a fall. Is, yeah. that, is that the start of it? Yes. Yeah, yeah. that's how it starts. Yeah, it, it just, oh, it's just wonderful. I think, no, it, it, that's how the murder starts. It actually starts with, with um, Jack Spratt being interviewed after the failed case against the three little pigs. This is great. I love this. I love this one. Because yeah, he, okay. he, he's convinced that the reason they had the, the boiling pot of water that Mr. Wolf fell down, that makes it, if it's boiling and it's that big a pot, he must have been there for six hours at least on the boil. <laughs> so that's pre-debitated murder. It's, it's absolutely wonderful. But I'm also thinking about the title, The Big Over Easy. Is it a play on The Big Easy? It's called The Big Easy. I think it's Raymond Chandler. So it is noirish as well. Yeah, it has that, that noir tone to it. Yes. yes. Yeah. 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 Oh, I love that. I love that. Um, that's going to be great. And we have another one. Oh, yes. The the Meal of Fortune by Philip Brady. Yeah, this is this was not what I was expecting. I, I was asked to read this for my blog. As you know, I, I, I blog myself and do reviews. Um, so basically what's happened is a failing celebrity agent, Dermot Jack, um, thinks his luck's turned when a mysterious Russian oligarch approaches him with an irresistible proposition. But this is a Russian oligarch, so you can imagine why it's irresistible. Um, and he's basically going to help launch the pop career of the man's beautiful daughter. However, Dermot suddenly gets forced in touch with his ex-girlfriend, Anna, um, 
who is trying to resurrect her own career because she's in the intelligence services. So she's actually looking into the Russian oligarch and what's going on there. Um, one of Dermot's uh, clients is a lecherous celebrity chef with the most appalling tasting clothes. I mean, you read it and you can just imagine like bright oranges with greens and it's just, yeah. Um, so there's all this going on in Dermot's life. He doesn't want to get involved with half of this, but he's just caught up. And in the end, he has to investigate. And of course, it's Anna's job to investigate what's going on. And it was one of those ones that, because I was asked to do it for a blog tour, I didn't know anything about Philip Brady. I hadn't heard of the series before. In fact, I think this is possibly his one of his first books. But I wasn't sure what I was getting. But I can tell you for, for certain, I wasn't disappointed when I read it. It just, it, it's not one of the ones that I've laughed out loud, like the big ovaries, I did laugh out loud at some of those. But it was one of those ones that just kept me amused the whole way through. And the, there were a couple of times when I thought the bad guys were too bad and the good guys were too good. But what you realise is as you change, that's all just an act. And it, it comes out, and again, there is a... There's action, there's romance, adventure, and it's just funny as well. It has a real uh, tongue-in-cheek kind of tone It's and an intellectual sense of humour. It doesn't take anything, on most important, it doesn't take itself too seriously. So it really elevates the story. And again, it is the first of a series. I think there are only two, possibly three out by now. But again, they are well worth reading. They're lightweight, but if you think... Um, Avengers. Do you remember the version with Patrick Mooney back in the 60s? I do, yes. I do. It has that kind of feel to it, which yeah. obviously is, the cover has that kind of feel as well. But the, the wording and the way he, that things happen has that kind of feel to me as well. So if, if you like the Avengers, the, the 1960s version, you might well like this kind of thing as well. Oh, that's great. Thanks very much for that. That was lovely. And that was the last one, actually, on the list. Yeah. What I've got with me is Cast a Long Shadow. Yes. Which I bought when I was at the festival. And I've started to read that. And I've, what do you think, what do you make of those? What can you say about the stories here? Castle Long Shadow, right. Okay. What that is, I believe it's Hono and it's a um, accumulation of crime stories by women. And unfortunately, that's pretty much all I can tell you about it because I haven't <laughs> read it. <laughs> Oh, sorry, was, I didn't mean to put you on the spot. No, I mean, I, I know a couple of the women who've got stories in there and they are all accomplished writers. Um, and there, there's also a mix of new writers and old writers in there. So I, I'm well aware of what the book is, but I've never read it. So it, it, I, I, all I can say is there will be quality in there somewhere. I, but I, I, because I've not read it, I can't. There is. I've started to read it. And the title of um, Castle on Shadow, the title of the the anthology i've read that story and it was brilliant absolutely yeah. brilliant so i will keep reading the rest of them yeah i would I wouldn't doubt it Hon and i were very very selective in in what they choose and i believe one of the um editors there was Catherine stansfield now she is herself a brilliant writer and poet um another member of crime cymru who i'm a member of and uh, for anybody who's wondering the the festival that we, Joanna and I are talking about was the Gwil Crunkenry Festival in Aberystwyth this year. You're done line next year, back in Aberystwyth in 2025, um, which is, you can probably tell I'm quite heavily involved in as well. Um, so, so, yeah, 
Catherine was not going to pick rubbish stories. She was always going to pick the best of whatever was. So I, I, I have no doubt that if you're into to, um, short stories, that's one for you. It's just not one that I've had a chance to read as yet. So, Gail, thank you very much again for taking the time to talk about some summer reads that we hope our listeners will love. I hope they will. And thank you again for giving me the opportunity. It's a joy to speak to you. Thanks for listening. I am J.A. Lovelock. Join us next time as we go behind the yellow tape and catch up with more episodes at btytpodcast.com as well as on all podcast platforms. The truth about the Haditha massacre has been covered up, but not anymore. I know you know what happened. They went into houses and killed women and children. What are you thinking? What a mess. U.S. Marines murdered innocent civilians in cold blood. And at the center of it all is 25-year-old Sergeant Frank Wooderick. And me. Murder in House 2. A new podcast from Crowd Network. 